0: Welcome to Doctors at Work. My name is Matt Daniel, and this podcast is about doctors' careers. Today, we're talking about how to make career decisions, and I'm having a conversation with Ellen Nelson-Rowe, who's a foundation doctor. Now, when you start working as a doctor, a myriad of different options are on offer, and Ellen tells me that it can be useful to plan both short-term as well as long-term career steps. And even if you think that you know what you want to do, it pays to keep your mind open and build generic capabilities and achievements because you don't know what the future will bring. It's also important to consider how work fits into the rest of your life. And I love Ellen's view that leadership roles enable her to make a difference. Welcome, Ellen. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Hello, um I'm Ellen. I'm an F1. I'm on the Specialised medicine Program for Medical Education. Um, I have a keen interest in surgery uh, as well as leadership and medical education. Um and outside of work, I'm musical, I go to church um and enjoy enjoying life.
0: So I invited you to talk today about career decision making. Um and you're an F1 doctor, so you're, you're early on in your career decision making. So um tell me about how you've decided. Um what your next career steps are?
1: So for me, um, and this isn't always the case for everyone, but I sort of started that, before time off when in med school, um, I sort of made the opportunity to sort of whittle down career options um, for medical school. And I think I very quickly realised that it was surgery that I wanted to do. Um, But I still left a slightly open book just to not narrow down my options completely, because I think it's important to be open. And you don't know until you start working as a doctor what actually is suited to yourself. Um, I... I made sure to start building a portfolio from medical school, which I think actually helped me to sort of, uh, what's the word, prioritise uh, kind of my next steps as well. And just doing a lot of research is really important and asking people what is it actually like in the career that you're doing? Because even as an F1, your experience so as a in F1, are completely different to a registrar. New responsibilities do change and knowing, you know, you may not enjoy it now, but actually... As you get to those points, you probably will do. Um, so making the those points to do that, and just making sure you stay on top of all the application information. So even if kind of core cool surgical training criteria is coming out, although you may not think it's relevant to you now, but actually it's quite important to read that so that you know what's next and what should you be slowly doing to prepare yourself for the next steps as well. Um, so yeah, that's some things there.
0: I'm I'm interested in that balance between finding something that that you like, but at the same time keeping your mind open because you know because you don't know what it's going to be like um, mm. as, as a doctor how how did you get that balance right
1: um i think it's a balance uh of what we were talking about be- previously is about uh portfolio and experience so um I think there's, there's always a generic point of portfolio that you can build regardless of what you want to go into. That's going to be useful There's always kind of quality improvement, leadership, teaching, um, and then getting the experience in those, whatever it seems to uh, get you interested in to make sure you get that experience as well. Um, but also just being honest with yourself and just realistic, that actually your priorities m- may change, um, your interests may change as well and not put all your eggs into one basket um, just because then sometimes you, you might feel a bit lost and actually you've put all of this kind of identity into one kind of focused career and actually you realise it's actually not for you and then you have nowhere to go after that. So you need to leave that sort of room for balance as well. And, you know, your family priorities may change, or your location priorities may change. And actually what you thought was what you wanted to do when you realise, you know, the lifestyle that it has for you, then then being able to, okay, maybe not that. So, for example, um, I definitely know I want to do surgery, but I was always kind of swaying between general surgery and ENT. Um, but actually having done my first rotation in general surgery, I know I don't want to do general surgery. <laughs> um, and that was more just looking at the lifestyle of the the registrars. And, and I was like, no, I don't want that lifestyle for myself, the way the general surgery, the, the registrar, the rotors, how tired there are. um so you you have to allow that room for experience and observing as well
0: mm-hmm. and how, how important is the whole life because you talked about how work fits into the rest of your life so can you tell me a bit more about that
1: yeah so I think is everyone has different interests um and different priorities with that as well um it's just making sure that the job doesn't define your life um I think You know, I'd I'd like to think I'm I'm a leader myself and I do get involved in a lot of healthcare leadership outside of work. it's very easy for that to become your identity. Um, And I think it's where do you put your identity is really important. Um, For me, my identity is in Christ. I'm a Christian, so that's my first priority. Um, And then where does everything fit around that? So I always try to split that between sort of personal, uh, mental, spiritual, and sort of that sort of career-based is sort of how I sort of look at things. Um, So, you know, church is one thing. My family is another thing. My friends is another thing. Just my general interest, you know, I'm a massive Marvel fan. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to Marvel. Um, I like to go to the gym. Uh, I love my spin classes. But I also do enjoy going to work for the most part as well. And actually, it's like, no, like, on a Thursday evening, I'm either going to be at church or I'm going to be at a spin class. On a Tuesday, I'm going to be at church or I'm going to be at the gym. Those are my blocked off time for me time. And then what am I going to do my other evening? So it might be doing a meeting for one of the networks I'm doing, or it might be going to see my friends and um, planning out using that Google calendar to plan your time and then um, look at, okay, so what can I actually fit around my work shifts just to make sure that your life is really wholesome and fulfilled as well. Because if the only thing you're doing is going to work, sleeping, eating, going to work, repeat, that's okay. You know, it, it's not for everyone to keep themselves busy. You, you don't have to. But also there's a danger that in that way, the job then becomes the center of your life. And I think it's very important to make that distinction.
0: I think the danger with that just working all the time is that that, that it's not something that's sustainable in the long yeah. term. You might be able to do that for a number of months or, or possibly even a number of years. Mm. Um, but but unless, unless there's some kind of balance and downtime and replenishing and building mm. your energy and fitness, it, 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 it's not sustainable um, yeah. them. Um, and of course there's a the very real risk that what happened what if something happens and you can't mm. do, let's say you have a health problem or a family emergency or maybe you don't get into the career that you've chosen yeah mm. um, and then all of a sudden everything everything's defined you around mm. you are and then you didn't get in or you can't do that job anymore and then then your whole identity then falls apart
1: exactly and I think even more important is when you're looking at stuff like annual leave as well as a foundation doctor you only get nine days of annual leave per rotation which sounds like a lot but it's actually a lot more difficult than it sounds to get lots of blocks of time off. it was really difficult actually so you can't just rely on annual leave to be the only time that you wind down you need to create those pockets of winding down time in your week your weeks otherwise you you will burn out and I I think it's really important you have to start off you know in a good routine and every week will look different just because of the nature of the job and what you're experiencing but if you can sort of reclaim back some sort of routine so for me it's Sundays always church unless I'm working or Tuesdays you know Tuesdays and Thursdays is always spin class it have reclaiming your time back because the work can flip your world upside down particularly the night shifts that was probably the most overwhelming thing i had to do my foundation training um and all of a sudden i, I can't go to the gym because it's eight o'clock in the morning i've just finished work and yeah you have to know uh, fi- find what you enjoy and prioritize those and fit your job around it mm-hmm.
0: so you you've talked about leadership so how did you get into leadership
1: um, so I think it started in medical actually I think I got involved in a lot of healthcare societies uh, so I did the surgical society I was like president of my African Caribbean medical Association, and I soon realized that I had an act for leadership for policy Um, I realized that I'm not good at Sitting and not and not doing stuff myself. If I see a problem, I have to fix it. <laughs> um, so I like to put myself in positions where I can create change. Um, so I think university. I that's when I really started to build a reputation for myself. So um, I had the opportunity to work with the university to write to write race equality action plans, uh, to build teaching programs. To I, I loved anatomy in med school, so got involved in a lot of anatomy education um, in med school. And then I was sort of thinking about it as I. I stuck near to graduating I'm like this I don't want this just to be the be all and end all that I did all the stuff in med school and then drop it off and for some people you do you realize it's not sustainable to keep up on top of all the societies you manage in med school but for me actually I really do enjoy it and I think having that sort of portfolio career lifestyle is what I would like to do in the future anyway um so I had the opportunity to be a scholar on the healthcare leadership academy program which um if you don't know it's like a 12-month uh, leadership program uh for medical students all the way up to consultants uh, for any stage of the career, really, um, not just have medicine can be allied health as well. Um, and you attend uh, contact days and you build like a project over that time as well. Um, and i did that uh, i think in my fourth year i really loved it um and then i missed it because i took a step back just to focus on finals and just finishing uni and actually now i've now rejoined that community as like a cohort director i'm actually like leading it which is even great um i've got involved with like the foundation Training surgical society in like my region um i'm part of like melanoma medics um i'm I brought back my blogging, which I used to do in uni. Now I, I do that for Medics. Um And actually I've just found time to do the stuff that I've really enjoyed in uni, but obviously just cussing it down to what is sustainable as well. Um, and it's just great because I've been able to just continue what I enjoy. And also because I'm on the specialised education programme for medical education, I've got more time to do that as well, the teaching and get involved in opportunities and, finding programs and teaching to do as well um so if you're i think for the people who are more inclined in med school i think it's very easy to continue it in foundation training i think it's important not just to take up too much because you just need to give yourself time to adjust to the job as well um but it's very doable um and i really enjoy it um and then just going back very quickly to what we were talking about um Career planning wise. So, I decided to revise for an exam very quickly into F1. And I soon realised that it's very hard to do all those things whilst you're revising. So, it's just knowing what your priorities are, but it's very doable. And I think if that's something that you're interested in doing, I think it's the best time to start exploring that is now. So, then you know what your priorities are as you progress in your career.
0: I hope you're enjoying the show. Please click subscribe so you'll be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is part of my mission to help doctors create successful and meaningful careers. You can be part of that mission too by forwarding this show to one person who you think might benefit from listening. Thank you. Now on with the show. A really good tip that I heard about, about balancing how much you do today and tomorrow is is that you don't have to do everything at the same yeah, time so that exactly you know, if you're doing an exam for the next 6 months the focus is the exam but then for the next 6 months after that the focus can be leadership and the 6 yeah. months after that the focus can be you know family and health or whatever yeah. so so we we we've got a limited amount of time and we can't at the same time do everything you know. but you can do everything sequentially yeah
1: exactly yeah. and i think also with that is just knowing And it sounds very hard to say, but knowing that you are replaceable, I think often people have this mindset about them. If they're not there, that stuff can't go on. No, the world will go on. It's completely okay to take a step back. And I think there's a lesson point about working and collaborating with other people. And actually, you know, there are some times where people need to take a step back and people will take a step forward to help you do that. And actually, you don't have to go on this journey alone. Being part of collaborative groups kind of gives you the opportunity and space to do that as well.
0: You know what I really liked is you you said that um that you got into leadership because you were looking at problems and you wanted to be you wanted to be in a position where you can fix them and that mm. that's a really that for me is interesting because I think as doctors I think we love to moan mm. yeah, about your experiences, but mm-hmm. in my experiences we, we we love to moan, and you know that's okay, isn't it? Sort of you know we we, we debrief and we face challenge and you, and you discuss it, you, you know no, no, nothing wrong with that. I think that what, what I think as a profession, what I don't think we're very good at is we're not very good at doing something about it. Mm. Yeah, you know we sort of we sit around and moan and and we don't we don't realize quite how much power we have yeah i think even I,
1: as a foundation doctor as well i think there's so much you can get involved with um just even little things so um although i i, I made an intentional effort actually not to go for representatives positions just because i did that all through medical. school i don't want to make it just always a part of what i always do um you can be representatives and be part of like junior doctor forums to make chain but even little things for example i i I got involved in a departmental audit, and actually, that audit tool performer was really bad. So I went up to the quality improvement department, and I sat down with the person who created the forms. I, like, I'm really sorry, but what you created is, is not very good. And I provided feedback, and then they integrated that into the new tool that they made, um, which is a lot more usable. So actually, I think we can translate feedback into creating change, even at little stages. And I think you know we always talk about the that sort of um that effect that little changes can create a, a big impact um, and I think you can do it from your foundation training and also making most of the people who can advocate for you as well to make those changes if you'll feel uncomfortable so I soon realised there was a lot of inefficiencies in the department and I escalated it with my supervisors and seniors to make the change happen otherwise stuff isn't going to happen particularly when it comes to excessive reporting or staying late you have to advocate for yourself because sometimes people won't advocate for you otherwise
0: and th- th- there's a mindset there, which which is which is about changing the things that you can change. And mm. imagine imagine what the world would be like if every one of us changed the things that are in in our power. Mm. Exactly. And, you know, and you change what's in your power. I change what's in my power. Everybody changes what's in their power. Mm. I mean, it would be a totally different system, wouldn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so for somebody listening who 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 isn't in leadership at the moment and they're sort of thinking you oh, know you know that sounds really interesting how how What advice what tips would you give to get somebody started
1: Um I think it's reaching out to people so I, I think we're not very good as I say that very generally but as actually networking with others so um I'm a massive advocate for LinkedIn I've been I've been using LinkedIn for about 3 years now. Um and actually the opportunities I found from LinkedIn from uh just opportunities um to finding a mentor through LinkedIn that really helped me build my career. Um actually a mentor is probably really important. I think we don't talk about that enough. I think we often rely on the supervisor um model which has its place when it comes to training and and staying top of priorities but actually a mentor for that lifestyle um other side of the career stuff is really important and actually finding someone who's in a position that you're interested in and actually asking if they could sit down with you for just 15 minutes just to give you some pointers of where to go next because otherwise it can be quite hard to know how to get in finding programs you know such as like the healthcare leadership academy there's also leadership programs such as like the Edward Jenner and sort of like online modules that you can do as well to really um progress your understanding of leadership um but also just being brave enough to ask if you can shadow someone and just email even if the trust executive you want to do can I shadow you from meeting and and finding those opportunities and often even in the postgraduate department they're always um giving opportunities to help out with programs, whether that's for like aspiring medics or kind of teaching, just do little things that get you in the positions to meet people and then and progress from there. So for example, um, because I'm doing the financial programme in medical education, um, although a lot of the st- a lot of my the bulk of my work starts in F two. I've started to make the contacts I need from from F one. So, whether that is just getting involved with being a simulated patient now, that's enabled me to meet the assessments team, which then helps me for my next job. So, put yourself in strategic positions to meet people for your next steps as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did you decide to do the academic foundation program?
1: Um, so again, I know I'm a repetitive. I went for medical, but um, I really just I love teaching. Um, I really love and I demonstrate what I've learned and broken it down for other people. And medical education is not just teaching. I think there's a big, a big push in medical medical, medical education now with professional identity. Um, we're looking at technology enhanced learning and the way the world is going with AI and virtual reality. I find it really fascinating with what how much we can do to enhance the learning of other people. Um so I decided not to intercalate in medical school because I, I reached a point where I'm like, oh, I'm really just ready to um uh, just to graduate now and um, I thought this would be a really great opportunity because they fully funded the PG cert which is great um, to get a qualification um, and also just to get protected time to do what I love and enable me to continue the other things that I've spoken about before as well um, and it, yeah it's, it's been a great it's very competitive and it's getting even more competitive but I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to get on the programme.
0: What does the programme involve?
1: So it looks different in different trusts, but for me, uh, you get a... So most foundation doctors get um, six, four-month rotations. I get five, and then one of those rotations is four months of pure medical education, Um, and you... S- split your time between clinical and academic so it's meant to be one day a week clinical and four days academic um so i know that my trust we just do a, a block of three weeks of clinical a and then it's just pure medical education simulation fellow training getting involved in academic projects uh you enroll in trainee cert for the whole of the year which they fully fund as well and they are expected to get involved with teaching opportunities throughout your two years of training um So uh, that's for education. For research, it's a similar thing. You get a dedicated block, or you might have a dedicated one day a week, which is quite similar to what the later on the academic clinical fellowships offer. Um, And they also help you with like grant writing and those sort of research opportunities to present your work as well. And it's really great if you do want to go that truly academic route um, as like a stepping stone into that as well, to know what it's like balancing your time, clinical and academic. Because I know for myself that for my future, I'd like to be clinical, would like to maybe have a role role in med school maybe do some leadership as well so it really gives you that insight into what's it like balancing your time as well Mm
0: -hmm. and maybe if i bring us to a close then when it comes to career decision making what what tips and advice would you give to others trying to make career decisions
1: um i think having one two year like t- there's a there's a tip actually called T five ten which is two year five year ten year plan, and it may seem a bit extreme to think about where you want to be in ten years time, but actually it, it really does help sort of have an end end goal and work backward to see how you can get there and, and know what are the the mm-hmm. past ways to get to that. Um, you really need to do your research to know to to know where to go next i think you can't just wake up and decide okay i want to do surgery and then have no idea what you need to do it's really important to sit down with the people who are ahead of you in your career and can give you pointers in terms of the exams all the portfolio that you need to do to help you plan your time and and build yourself to be strategically ready to apply for those positions so i would say number one is speak to people slash speak to like a mentor to help you get started on your journey uh, secondly i would say um think about what your priorities are um because for some people they just want to do medicine or just want to do surgery or just want to stay where they are very happy um uh, locum until f8 f9 <laughs> if they want to um but just think about where the impact of training has on your lifestyle as well. Um, and I think it's great that we're seeing less of full time becoming such a popular option now, which has given create a lot more flexibility with training. Uh, so knowing your priorities with that does help your career planning as well. Um, and I think thirdly, you, you staying ahead stay of the game, know know the end point. Um, you you have to, you can't make decisions um very suddenly you sort of have to be prepared almost a year in advance and know when the deadlines are know what the goalposts are know what the criteria are so that you've got a year ahead of you to be ready for your next steps um and i think that does help people so it's all about being organized you I have to summarize it in one word it's organization <laughs>
0: wonderful thank you very much ellen
1: no problem